And tonight we're going to take a moment to observe communion and we're going to, yes, pray for healing. But before we do that, I'd like to take some time to just guide you through the scriptures as it pertains to healing and the importance of the sacrifice of Christ as it pertains to your miracle. Now, I'm going to tell you why I say that. I'm, I'm clear on this, that there are some that what we do is we spectate. Please don't take it personal. But if that's where you are and the shoe fits, please don't wear it. Change it. Hear the word of God. One thing that's interesting about Jesus is, yes, Jesus performed great miracles. But if you look in the context when Jesus was doing these things, Jesus was always teaching. And I'm going to tell you why that's important. Because Jesus did not simply just heal by osmosis. Jesus, Jesus taught the word in power and in demonstration. And so he taught people and people understood the truth. And faith had the ability to work and they were able to grasp and understand and receive what was available to them. And so tonight it would be robbery for me to simply just say, just come on up and let me just pray for you. And I want you to hear why I say that. It's important for us as believers today to understand how the sacrifice of Christ relates to healing and to the great and mighty works that Jesus exemplified in the scriptures and what's possible today. It's important for us to understand that. See, for some of us, we want what the Bible says about miracles, about healing. We want what we see in the scriptures, but we don't see them because we lack understanding. So I want you to hear where I'm coming from. For example, there are some of us that are seeking a miracle. And you heard that tonight we'll be having a healing service. And so you came. Maybe you're joining online. You came with an expectation. You're watching with an expectation that I or someone will place their hands on you, pray for you, and you will receive your healing. Now, I want you to hear clearly where I'm coming from with this. The thing is there's a problem with that thinking. Hear why I say this. Because it reveals a lack of understanding. In that scenario, the belief is that you will receive healing based on my prayer before God for you. But the reality is that if that is your faith, your faith is misplaced. Your faith is misappropriated. It's misappropriated because your faith is in my prayer, not in Christ and what he has provided for you. Now, I pray that you're hearing where I'm coming from here. I pray that you really take a moment to think about this because I've seen the abuses, ladies and gentlemen. I've, I've seen it all. I, I've, I've, I grew up in church. I've seen the abuses. I've seen the gimmicks. I've, I've, I've seen it all. And I will tell you one thing that I know that works because I am a living proof of it. You don't know my story. Maybe someday we should sit down and talk about it. Maybe we should talk about yours. But let me tell you, where God pulled me from and what God has done in my life only God and his word was able to do that. Only the truth that's revealed in the gospel was able to change this mind and this heart and break that hard heart and open my mind and open my life to the miracles and the goodness of God. So, tonight I want to talk to you about Christ your healer. I'm going to say that again, Christ, your healer. You know, some people know Christ as Christ the healer. Christ a healer. Yeah, Christ allegedly did some 
really amazing things. Yet, supposedly he rose from the dead. Supposedly he, 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 he uh, healed people and he, he spoke with great power and he turned the nation around and he, he left a mark in this world. But you see, that, that, if that's the perspective of Christ that we maintain, then just realize that there's no intimacy there. And where there's no intimacy, you can't receive anything. You can't glean anything. You can't accept anything. I don't know about you, but I'm not accepting anything from a stranger. And if Christ is a stranger to you, if, if the word of God is distant to you, if, if, there is a, if there is a lack of receptivity to it or openness to it, then I need you to understand something. Expect nothing. I'm just being honest with you. Right? So this is the experience of many believers today where people declare their agreement with what we read and what we hear in the scriptures about healing and, and we desire the miracles while missing what we already have at work within us as newborn creations because of Christ. I want you to think about this. It's like a parent dragging their child to run alongside them. But the child hasn't even learned to crawl or walk. And so here this parent is frustrated, trying to run with this kid and saying, run, run, run. And this kid is screaming and bleeding as his knees is, are being scraped and they're upset. And everybody's frustrated because some way, somehow, this is supposed to work and it's not. Now, I know that that's a bit far-fetched as an example. None of you would do that. I mean, at least I hope you don't do that, right, or you haven't done that. Um, but I want you to hear where I'm coming from with this. Uh, it's ludicrous to even try it is the point. And for many people today, that's how we approach healing and the manifestation of the miracles that the scriptures declare are ours. And so the reality is that you'd go further, you'd go farther, and you would attain to that which the scriptures declare about your healing if you knew what you already possess in Christ. Now, I want you to say these words with me. I already have it. Now, I have a question for you. What do you have? Now, now, now for some of you, you, you could say healing. That, that's great. That's awesome. But I want you to listen to God's word tonight. And I want you to consider what the scriptures declare. Because miracles are not as miraculous as we try and make them out to be. The healing that is ours in Christ is normal to the believer. That's normal. That's, that's the expected. But you see, according to your faith tonight, be it unto you. And so before we pray, before we take communion or anything, I want to take some moment just to take you through the scriptures. In Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 and 22, listen to what God says. I'm reading from the Amplified Version. It says, my son, my daughter, my child, pay attention to my words, listen, and be willing to learn. Be willing to learn. Open your ears to my sayings. Do not let them escape from your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart, for they are life. They are life to those who find them. Watch this. And healing and health to all their flesh. 
Now, I know that there are many people that get excited because they go, yes, 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 God's word is healing to my, to my flesh. Yes, it's, it's, it's for my healing. It's God's will. But you can't miss what he just said before that. Listen to what God says here. Your miracle is not based solely on the prayer of another. Your miracle is based upon what you accept from God's word. Let me remind you what this proverb says in chapter 4. It says, pay attention to my words. It says, be willing to learn. A willing heart is a receptive heart. He says, pay attention to my words. Be willing to learn. Open your ears. Open your hearing. Open your understanding to my sayings. Do not let them escape from your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and healing and health to all their flesh. You know, I'm reminded, I believe it's in Mark chapter 8, where Jesus, and and it's not in our notes, so this is free for you. I believe it's in Mark chapter 8, where Jesus uh, comes across a man, a a group of people from Bethsaida, bring a man who was from this city, Bethsaida. And this place, Bethsaida, was a place of great unbelief. And they bring him to Jesus For the purpose of healing him because this guy is blind. And so I pray that's God calling you. (laughs) So so, uh, they they bring this man to Jesus so that Jesus can pray for him. And the scripture says that Jesus takes this man out of Bethsaida, this place of great unbelief. And then he prays for him. He, 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 He puts his hands on his eyes and he prays for him. And then he says to the man, what do you see? And the scriptures say that the man says to him, I see trees that appear to be like walking men. And I imagine Jesus goes, that ain't right. Let's pray again. It's the one time in scripture that Jesus is recorded as having prayed twice. Scripture says that Jesus prays for this man again. And then he says to him, what do you see? And the man's sight was completely restored. Now, I'll tell you why I share that with you, because what you see is important. I want you to also see that what Jesus, what what his intent was. Jesus wanted him to see like he did. I want you to see just like I do. And, you know, you have spiritual eyes, and the scriptures give you the ability to see. And so I pray that you... Heed to the word today. He says, don't let these words of mine escape from your sight. Because when you ingest the word and when it begins to impact your belief, it doesn't just impact your faith. It impacts how you see. Let me ask you a question. Can you see yourself healed already? Don't answer that. Just answer it for yourself. When you read the promises in the scriptures, are they your promises? When the scripture says that by his stripes you are healed, is it your name in there or are you thinking about somebody else being healed? Can you see your life according to what the word of God declares? See, your healing is a result of the reception you give to God's word in your heart, in this place of belief. 
And so let me give you the word of God tonight that you might pay attention, that you might learn, that you might open your ears, that you might not let this truth escape from your sight, that you might keep it at the center of your heart, at the place of your belief, that you might find life in his word and that it would be healing and health to all your flesh this night. The first thing I want to leave you with here tonight is this before we go any further is that healing is your right. I'm going to say that again. Healing is your right. Healing is your right. Listen to Psalm 107 verse 20. It says, he sent out his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Listen, when you go about exercising your rights, you are enforcing what is already in place. You already have it. It's already yours. You believe it, you know it, you've accepted it. And according to God, he says that he has sent out his word. He has already decreed health. He has already decreed strength. He has already decreed breakthrough. He has already decreed everything that pertains to the miracles that he promises in his word. They are already yours. Your healing and your deliverance from any threat of destruction has already been released to you. And the reason why some of us don't see the manifestation of these miracles is because we don't hold on to our right to healing. Let me prove it to you. Some of us are still begging God, not knowing that he's going, I already provided it. You don't beg for what's yours. You take hold of what's yours. You accept what's yours. You use what's yours. My grandson has this thing when he walks. I swear, this kid thinks he's like he's, he owns it all. He comes into the building. I'm upstairs in the office, and he pushes the door like, ta-da, I'm here. Give me a hug. I'm right here. Like there is nothing to inhibit him from praying, from running, from touch. That's, he just... He believes and he accepts, I belong here, I'm accepted here. What could your life look like? What miracles would break through in your life if you simply understood that you have the right to have all that God paid the price for through Christ? Healing is yours. Breakthrough is yours. Redemption is yours. Restoration is yours. Let me tell you something about your rights. Psalm 103 verses 2 and 3 says this. Bless the Lord, O my soul. This is David talking to his heart. He's he's speaking to his self-talk. He's course correcting. He's redirecting. He's disciplining his mind and his heart and his beliefs. So he says, bless the Lord, O my soul. Watch this. And forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity, who heals some of your diseases. No, all of your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Let me say something to you. The scripture says that you have benefits. You have benefits. You know, that word benefits there in the, in the Hebrew it, 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 uh, uh, relates to uh, recompense. It alludes to reward. 
it, it alludes to what has already been given. But watch this. It also implies receiving something that you deserve. And for some of us, it's very possible that we struggle to accept what the Scriptures says we deserve. Let me tell you something. You do not deserve disease. You do not deserve a heavy and broken heart. You do not deserve emotional turmoil. You do not deserve calamity. You do not deserve pain. You do not deserve uh, uh, ailments. You do not deserve these weights, these things that afflict your mortal body, that, that plague you in your mind and in your heart and in your physical body. You do not deserve those things. Let me remind you what God says. Forget not all your benefits. His benefits that have become your benefits. He has forgiven all your iniquity. He has healed all your diseases. He has redeemed your life from the pit. He has crowned you with steadfast love and mercy. He has satisfied you with good so that your youth is renewed, not will be. It has been renewed like the eagles. You need to get up. You need to rise up. You need to stand up. You need to do what your body tells you you can because God says it's yours. You know, I remember when I went down on my motorcycle, what was it, two years ago or something, a year and a half, whatever it was. I went down on my motorcycle a while back and, uh, yeah, I made a mess of the motorcycle. The motorcycle was worse off than me. But, you know, they wanted to check me out. I had some, you know, I was struggling with some mobility in my arm and all that at the moment. Uh, I was fine by the next day. Um, but I remember when uh, we got to the hospital, uh, they, you know, they, they run their checks, they do, they did uh, x-rays, and they checked for torn tissue, and I think they did an MRI, and some, a whole bunch of stuff, and the doctor comes out to me, and he says to me, uh, I don't know how you didn't break your clavicle, I, I just don't, you don't even have a torn muscle, nothing, he says, there's absolutely nothing, you're sore, you're bruised, but you're perfectly fine. And I was like, I don't feel fine. <laughs> but anyway, so here's my point. So as we're about to leave, this young lady comes up to us with a clipboard. And she says, uh, sir, uh, we need documentation for payment. You know what I did? I said, hon, you, you got my medical card, right? See, I understand my benefits, let me tell you what I understand about benefits. Benefits cover you and pay for what you can't. Let me, let me say this. You may even be able to pay for it. That's not, the, that's not the point. My point is this. You don't have to pay for it. It's been paid for. Now, I don't know about you. If something's been paid for, I'm not paying a dime towards it because it's mine. Are you getting my point here? And so... Your results can be different in the face of sickness when you begin to lay claim to what you deserve because God has provided you the benefits. If you're struggling with condemnation, if disease is affecting you bodily, if you're stuck in a pit of problems and addiction, just understand this. You do not deserve any of these. 
Because the scripture says that you are crowned with God's unfailing and steadfast love and mercy. You know what mercy is? You know what mercy is? Mercy is this. You deserve that outcome. But I'm going to absolve you of it. I'm going to free you of that. It's like you having committed a murder and deserving death for it. And you're before the judge and you are guilty as charged. There's no way around it. Somebody has to pay the price. Somebody has to assume the guilt for that. And according to heaven's throne, heaven's kingdom, here's how it works. Jesus says, he did it, but I'm guilty. Now, I know that doesn't make sense to the rational mind. But I need you to understand something. That with sin came the curse which led to sickness and death. Sickness is a fruit of a root in sin. Now, I know somebody just thought, well, shoot, we all sin. We all, we all mess up. No, no, listen. Sin is not the things you do. Sin is what you are independent of God. It is a nature. Thus, the scripture says this, that Christ became sin that we might become the righteousness of God. You know what the scripture is saying there? That you would be not guilty, that you would be deserving of his mercy, deserving of forgiveness, deserving of your healing, deserving of your breakthrough, deserving of his miracles, deserving of his presence, deserving of his hand, deserving of his intervention in every situation in your life. God has extended his mercy to you right now. Can I tell you where your crown and lay claim to your right to be free of disease? Where your crown and lay claim to your right to live in peace, to know joy, to not live with the weight of this world and the weight of problems? Wear that crown. It's your right. The second thing I want to leave you with here tonight is that healing is possible when you take yourself out of the equation. I'm going to say that again. Healing is possible when you take yourself out of the equation. Many people wonder, if God heals today, then where is it? How do I get it to manifest in my life? You claim to believe it works. You're interested in seeing if it works, but you don't know how it works. You don't know how to get there. Maybe you've seen someone stand and not get healed. Maybe you've stood for your own healing. You've believed for your own healing and not seen it manifest. Whichever it is, whatever it is, your faith has been shaken as a result of it. Well, I want you to know that God wants you well. And I want to share with you how it works. You know, one of the things you have to be convinced of before you even approach this issue of healing is to understand that healing is dependent upon Christ, not you. Now, right now, there's somebody who's, this, this is going to mess with your mind, but, but lean in. 
Hear, hear the word of God. Hear, hear the scriptures. Because you're still approaching God as if you have to do something to earn the right to be healed. Look at what 1 Peter 2.24 says. This is talking about Jesus. It says, he himself bore our sin in his body on the tree. That's referring to the cross. Watch this. That we might die to sin and live to righteousness. So, in essence, what we're seeing here is that Jesus took all sin upon himself. You know, the book of Isaiah says that he was unrecognized. This was 800 years before he was even born. It was foretold that at the cross that it was so horrific, so torturous, so brutal that they couldn't even recognize him as a man on the cross. If you were to take all the sin in the world and all sickness and all disease and put it in one body, I dare say that that person would be unrecognizable. But watch why Jesus did this. It says that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. He did it so that you could be recognized before the Father as righteous. And it says that by his wounds, by the stripes that he took upon his body, you have been healed. Notice that it says that your healing is a result of his wounds, not yours. It's one, of, it's one of the things Jesus bought for you, for you through his sacrifice. And this verse says this. I'm going to speak directly to your heart. You have been healed. Let me, let me, let me break that down into layman's terms. What you need, God says, you have it. Now listen to what, listen to this. My son, it's yours. You don't have to fight for it. You don't have to behave your way into it. You don't have to earn it from me. You don't have to improve upon the old you for me to deserve and take a hold of what I've already provided. It's it's yours. It's yours. You're struggling bodily. You're afflicted. My son, your healing is yours. My daughter, your healing is yours. You're anxious and overwhelmed. Struggling in every type of way. Healing is yours. You're hurting. Pain racks your body. Healing is yours. Your deliverance is yours. The solution is yours. The answer is yours. God's not withholding anything from you. But let me tell you something. When all is yours, at some point you got to get past your pride and say, I believe that. And I accept that. Anybody know any Hispanics in the house? Know some Hispanics? You know, you know what Hispanics are notorious for? You give a Hispanic a gift and here's what they're going to tell you. Oh, my, oh man, thank you so much. You know, I got, I got one for you too. I, I left it in my car. It's like we feel we owe you something because you did something for us. 
You don't have to fudge it with God. You don't have to make it up to God. You have to receive it. You have to accept that it's yours. So, you know, this, this whole, this statement, you have been healed, this, this is such a clear statement that I wonder how any believer, any child of God, any person who's looking to God could not believe it if you're turning to God. But unfortunately, there are too many people that don't let the Bible get in, way, get in the way of their beliefs. We don't let the truth get in the way of our beliefs. Can I tell you something right now? If your beliefs are getting in the way of what the Word of God says, it's all yours, but, but you are stopping yourself from taking it. Even some who believe God can heal don't believe he will or has already healed. We say things like, well, God heals, but not all the time. There are some who say this, if it's God's will, you don't know it then. It's not yours. But it's hard to argue with a past tense statement like that when God said it. You can't argue with it. To argue with it is to lose. Because the only one losing is you. God's already done his part. But you see, once you know and believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that your healing is not your responsibility, that it's totally dependent upon what Jesus already did, all you have to do is accept what was already bought and paid for on your behalf. The last point I want to leave you with here tonight is this. And I want you to really listen to where I'm coming from with this. You must know the difference between a miracle and your blessing. Let me be very clear on what I'm saying. Let me say that one more time. Let me clarify that. You must know the difference between a miracle and your blessing. Hear where I'm coming from with this. Some of us have been taught to depend upon the miracle working power of God. It's like we're always looking for the next miracle. You know, we take what the scripture says. Yes, the scripture does say that you, we shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Yes, the scripture does say that by his stripes you are healed. Yes, the scripture says that no plague shall come now your household, that it won't touch you. Yes, the scripture says that he's given his angels charge over you to lift you up lest you dash your foot upon a stone. Yes, the scripture says so many things. And we look for the miracle. And we go through life wanting miracle after miracle after miracle. But you have to understand something. That miracles are those things that God does that completely go against natural law. And here where I'm coming from with this. While you're, desiring, while you're desiring a miracle, you're missing the blessing that's already upon your life. You don't have to live chasing miracles when you live under the blessing of God. 
hear where I'm coming from. Ephesians chapter 1, 3 says this, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. I want to point something out to you about this verse. That what the scripture is literally saying here is that the location and the where you derive your blessings from come from God's throne. That's the source of your blessing. And here's the thing about heaven's reach. It's not limited by time. It's not limited by space. It's not limited by circumstance. It's not limited by problem. It's not limited by sickness. It is yours wherever you go. The scripture says you have received all spiritual blessing. You are blessed coming in. You are blessed coming out. You are blessed in the city. You are blessed in the country. You are blessed in yourself. You are blessed when you are bodily afflicted. You are blessed when it's all good. You are blessed when everything's going bad. You are blessed in all circumstances because the blessing of God is yours. It is your right. It is your nature. It is upon you. You cannot change that. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 2 and 3 says this, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Watch this. His divine power has given us all things that pertain to this life and to everything that pertains to God. That's what the scripture is saying there. Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Let me ask you all a question tonight. And I want you to be bold about your response if this applies to you. Is Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? About four of you agree with that. Okay. I, I want you to understand why I'm asking that. Let me read it to you again. His divine power has given us given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Listen to what the scripture is saying here. When you know Christ as your Lord, in all his glory, in all his virtue, when that is your belief, when that is the center of your life, when that is the rock upon which you stand on, when that is what you depend upon, here's what's true. His divine nature, his power is given to you. All blessing is yours. All power is yours for all things that pertain to this life, to the circumstances that you're undergoing, and to all that pertains to you and your relationship with God. It's yours. You might find yourself tonight in need of a healing miracle at this moment. And that's fine. I get it. But you don't ever have to live in need of a miracle again once you know the blessing upon your life. So before you go in search of your miracle, why not accept your blessing?
So before we go ahead and partake of communion and pray in agreement with your faith for your healing, I want to address the greatest miracle that some might be lacking. And I recognize that there are people online, there are people here tonight, there are people that you'll watch this afterwards. And I want you to hear clearly that you might be in need of a miracle. You might be in need of healing. You might be finding yourself right now saying, God, I really do need you to come through in my life. But before you can even receive that miracle that you're asking God, that you're seeking God for, you must accept the greatest miracle of all. The scripture says that we have been translated from a kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the son of his love. That we were dead and we have been made alive. And there is life available to each and every one of us in Christ. Listen, healing isn't working in the life of someone who doesn't know Christ. Because you don't know the benefit. You don't know the Savior. And listen, that, that's not a knock on anyone. That just simply shows us one thing. God, you want me well. I want you. The first thing we need to know and accept is the greatest miracle of all. Listen, man, that we were guilty. Dead on arrival. Guilty as charged. And Christ said, send me. No matter what's in his heart. No matter what she's done. No matter that they reject me, that they don't want me, that they don't desire me. My love is greater. And I will willingly pay the price. Not just for the forgiveness of sin, but for their healing, for their redemption for their peace, for true joy, for real life. Hey everybody, thank you so much for joining us here at Church of the Bridge today. I pray that you had a personal encounter with God, that he spoke to you powerfully, and that he met you at your place of need with this message. I also want to encourage you to go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube page. By doing so, you'll be able to check out past messages, uh, past events that we've done. You'll also be able to see what's happening now and those things that are to come. And lastly, I'd like to invite you to join with us in all that God is doing with your giving. Feel free to do so on our website. Again, thank you again for joining us and I can't wait to connect with you next week.